Hello and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous Podcast. I'm your host, Jim R. Today's episode 200, and we're going to be doing something a little different. I have my buddy Vince on the line with us. How are you doing, Vince? I'm doing great, Jim. So today's interview is we're going to be talking about harm reduction. It's not an interview, I should say. It's more of a discussion between Vince and myself. So we're just going to talk about what we feel about it, what we think the ups, the ups are, what the downs are, and everything in between. So that's a, just a discussion we're going to have, and we hope people get something from this. So Vince, where do you think we should start? Well, I think um, the word and term harm reduction, like um, other things from the when I got clean many years ago, has changed what it means. Um, when I got clean, harm reduction and you know moderation and all the things. I personally, right to top it off, don't believe if you're actually an addict, there can be no harm reduction. It's never going to hold, just like maintenance. It's never going to hold. Eventually, it's going to break loose at some point, sometime. So I, I think that's a misnomer and maybe gives hope to some people. Um, moderation at some point um, always goes awry that I've always been associated with these almost 34 years I've been around this field. So it's um, kind of a contradiction to me, but you know, if, if somebody has, has used it and it works for them, great. That, that's all that really counts. Just that I don't think it should be some something that somebody should just be going in with and You know, I'm just gonna cut back to two beers a night. And, you know, you've been drinking 10 and how long is that gonna last? For me, it would never have lasted for me very long. Because I get living, I want more. I like it. I like to escape, and that's what this is all about. Addiction is about escaping from yourself. Yeah, absolutely agree. So that's pretty much the thought. I just kind of, um, you know, just to touch on you said it's that what you just said. What what you just said is I completely agree. Because with my um, family, what I used to do was. So with my family, it was always about moderation in front of them. Um, I'm not sure exactly what I was going with this, but I know as far as moderation, it was something that I pretended to do. Like a lot of people, they they pretend they're moderating themselves. But really, a lot of times, and they just wait until they go home and they're by themselves and they drink a pint or whatever yeah. it is. A big, you know, for me, I used to drink. I drink, What do they call the big bottles? Are those are those leaders or what are those called? I forget. I don't know. I didn't drink, so that's kind of <laughs> yeah, I'm drunk. All right. Um, well, I had yeah. no problems. I just didn't drink. <laughs> but yeah, I think so. When I first heard of harm reduction, and I didn't read all too much about it, I was all against it. I was like, "That's I'm like that's the stupid thing I've ever heard." But then, someone said I saw a documentary and it talked about how the it talks about the way the clean needle exchange works. And it just, and it shows you that these people need help. They're going to do the drugs no matter what. Because even if they use puddle water, they're going to use puddle water to get their drugs mixed up and they're going to shoot puddle water into their veins. That's why a lot of these places where you go and get your new syringes, they give you little things that are like spoons to cook up, but they're like, they're a little deeper than spoons and it has a handle for you and you cook your drugs in it. Right. And they give you these little things of water 
that you kind of break the cap off and you use the water. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that when they do these, the drug rate goes down, believe it or not, around that area. And also they save a ton of money, a ton of money. And what, uh, what uh, also the drug rate goes down, but also the rate of HIV and AIDS goes down. And also the rate of hepatitis C is another thing that's known to go down dramatically, which saves on healthcare costs. Because at the end of the day, we could tie it into money. Everything ties into money. So this can yeah. all save on healthcare costs, things like that. And that's what the governments of a lot of places are doing that are doing harm reduction methods. They're taking all the money right. they prosecute people with and they're legalizing some of the drugs or they're decriminalizing them. And they're spending a lot of this money on actually rehabilitating people, truly rehabilitating people. So define true, truly rehabilitating. What's that mean? Does like that mean? not just giving them like a, a three week course where they visit a place once a week and hear like a speaker meeting. Like that's not rehabilitation to me. Like putting someone, putting someone on a good program, finding one that fits for that person. Right. But to me, the whole end result should be abstinence yeah i mean that to me me personally and i and i hate the word the term they use you know productive member of society no we're not looking for everybody to get in a three-piece suit and go to work it's just the idea that the fulfillment i mean if you're just still using but you know you don't have all the jail situations disease and you know the shelter over here has got a place for you and they got food i mean that's just existing. That's not living for me. I mean, I, I wouldn't want that. It's still, it's still trapped as far as I'm concerned. It's still not really living a full productive life. And I don't mean that in a financial sense. I mean that in a spiritual sense. I have freedom today that I never thought was possible long before I ever used. I was still in that, that void, that, that box, that hole inside. And I always tried to fill long before drugs with sports, with relationships, you know, whatever it was, till I found recovery. So harm reduction, I don't see because I never wanted to stop. It's never going to be about, you know, one blast for me. It's going to be about the product of South America that I want. You know, it's never going to be. One is too many, a thousand's never, ever, ever, ever enough. No. So that it's all about in or out of the game for me. And that's that's my downside of harm reduction, but I see the benefits. And when you talk hear the politicians, it's about money. To me, it's more about the the love you have for a fellow human being who is lost, frankly, lost and trying yeah. to find a way back. So, One of the things that also changes my mind is I imagine I go, what if my daughter gets addicted to heroin? Would I want her to have access to that? And I, the answer to me is yes. If it says to me, your daughter's going to go on methadone and guess what? She's going to get her life back together. She gets to go back to school or she gets to go back to her job. She gets to have relationships with people that are productive and she's a, and she's a fantastic, wonderful member of society, but she's taking methadone. No problem. I, I have no problem with that. I would want that. I would obviously, if somehow she was able to, I would say, honey, maybe try without it. If she can't do it, it's there. But try right. without try without it at first. Why? Well, worst, worst I, case, you could always take it. 
instead of diving into it, maybe try to see what happens if you have a program, if you go to meetings, and if you can't, if that doesn't work and you feel like you're going to go use, we're going to get you methadone. Well, I always look at that, and you know, that's for those that don't know, that's you know, medication assisted treatment, and you know, suboxone, methadone, all those. And the downside that I see, I mean, I had many, many clients that had been on the stuff for you know a decade, and uh, they still never got to that point of. Uh, turning it over to fill that void within it's just that now they did this yeah they, they went to work they had relationships that but you know later on when the wheels fell off if they did even if they didn't when they talked to you there's just that still an emptiness inside there's still not that freedom that you feel from being clean being okay with you and loving you i love me that means i care about you those things don't come from assistance it's still about a, a treatment program, not even a program. Whatever works for you to find that journey that you can find freedom for self. Because that's what it's about, people. It's about finding freedom for self. I'm my worst enemy. And today, I'm my best friend. So there, there's a, you know, there's a 180 in there. And I just get excited about that freedom, that, that love I have, not only for me, but for the people here that may be listening that can get something out of this. You know, Jim does a lot of great things for people. And, you know, just jumping on here and, you know, having this conversation, because we talk like this all the time, is that there is another way than using. There is another way than assistance. There is another way for harm rejection. But you have to find what fits for you. Until you believe you deserve that chance, you're just going to stay chasing your tail. That's... Um, that's the sad truth, but yeah. So harm reduction, uh, maintenance, uh, not ideal, but better than nothing. Exactly. It's not, no, and nothing in this world is perfect. If it's just out of all the options, it's the best we have right now. Speaking of another option, another thing I want to bring up, which this is another hard thing for me to swallow. It's called safe supply. Mm. So that's where... I saw the only place I saw it so far is in Canada where they are the ones giving you the drugs. So this, this guy would go to get his heroin at 9 a.m., then 12 p.m., and then like yeah. 6 p.m. So it'd be three times a day he took a shot of heroin given to him by the government. So it's called safe supply because basically he was too far gone. They said he's never going to be able to get help. He's always going to relapse. He's always going to be doing drugs. And it's called safe supply because they said no matter what, we can be. So that that's that's a hard one to swallow, right? Uh, well, there again, um, you know, heroin being open, it there is the addiction due from the the need for the drug, or the spiritual void inside. See, that's that that's the difference when you talk about opiates. That for me. Because you can get a physical dependence as opposed to other things, you know, other substances. So is he too far gone because he'll never transition out of wanting to get loaded? Or, you know, because take away the, the body's need for the substance, you know, after the withdrawal, um, 
what's it going to do? You know, so we keep it loaded. Exactly. Right. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, I don't know who's making the call that you're gone because I don't think, you know, physical dependence is, is totally different than other substances, you know. Um, you know, take alcohol, same thing. You get a physical dependence. You know, your body needs it. Um, other substances, your body just takes it on its own. It's not, you know, benzos. Your body needs it. You're going to come down and chance of dying. And so there's a lot of things that when they say that, I always have to go back to, is it a physical dependency or is it a spiritual malady, I call it? That, that void, that, that self-loathing that's in there. And, I think it's always something spiritual when you are in addiction. It's yes, very oh, rare that you, I, I, I think it's very rare that you are spiritually healthy while you're in active addiction. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's totally, uh, and no one that's in active addiction can ever tell me or convince me that they love themselves or even that you care for your family. Because if you cared for them, you wouldn't be putting them through the turmoil and the chaos that comes with active addiction. So there's that fine, you know, a lot of lip service to, I love my family, but there again, I'm out using it. They're calling the morgue, see if I rolled up in the morgue or a hospital or, you know. So just a smoothing of the, the old school style of, of recovery to today to make it more PC, I, I think it's a detriment. I think a little more, yeah. not tough love, but just, <clears throat> just truth as far as I'm concerned, truth. Yeah, some some kids need a little tough love, absolutely. Um, I, I'd say the truth. If you're an addict, you're only going to get- Yeah, and, and nowadays, believe it or not, the truth, being honest with someone, is equivalated to being- um, truthful you know what i mean to being yeah. tough love. i'm sorry to mean oh. tough love being honest equivalates to being tough love and it should be no that's not being tough love that's being honest yeah when you're cold hard truth with someone you're being honest with them they see it as tough love because a lot of times when you need to get honest with someone like listen i need to sit down and say something to you it's usually something they don't want to hear well, yeah, because it's a straight contradiction to the lifestyle that they're living. Yeah. And, and and I wouldn't call it a lifestyle. I just call it an existence. Yeah, nobody wants to be told they're doing the wrong. He wants Nobody wants to be told that they're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. It's, um, well, when, when I was using, my family confronted me, you know, they're saying, uh, you're a drug addict. I go, no, I'm a druggie. Like, that's different. <laughs> See, I find a way around it, you know addict you think you know something there no i'm a druggie i just kind of laid back you know destroying you know everything that i had worked for or not destroying it giving it away freely because i didn't believe i deserved to have all these accomplishments in my life anyway or that i would screw them up eventually and that that worked in with uh, my family my my daughter my, you know my wife my business just everything i had succeeded at I never thought I deserved it that I could keep it because I knew eventually I would screw up. And that's what addiction has to get you to believe that you're a screw up. Yeah. And I want you to know, yeah, maybe you are. 
And if you're actively using right now, you probably are screwing. But you don't have to be there forever. That can change. That's the beauty of recovery. So that, that's why I'm here to tell you there's something different out there for you. And I personally believe you deserve it because I knew at my core I didn't deserve it. And then one day it opened up and I go, wow, I actually see something different possible for me. So if I could, can do it, you know, you can do it if you do a little work. I'm not telling you it's easy, but I'm telling you, man, it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. Oh yeah, getting sober. <clears throat> yeah. For me, it was it was pretty much getting my life back. Like out of nowhere, when I got home from rehab, um, and I started redoing my apartment because I needed to. It was at the scene of a crime there. I needed to get everything changed. Um, out of nowhere, I felt like I did ten years before because ten years before I was in a good place, doing good emotionally, physically, financially, everything. So. I felt like I did 10 years ago. I was like, I got, because 10 years ago is when I started the heavy drinking. You know what I mean? And it just so happens that when the heavy drinking started is when my life got real shitty for yeah. a long time. Very long time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anybody that's, um, I've ever run into that uh, was actively using and um, it all worked out for him. Eventually, at some point, it's going to cost you. You know, maybe not, maybe not your life, which today's drugs, uh, that's a scary thing. Um, you know, maybe not cost you financially. Maybe you got enough resources or you're dancing around. And, you know, there again, that comes into the moderation thing or, you know, and if you can do all those things, like I said, you're not an addict. And I believe there's divisions of that. Um, but there again, you're not living your life to the fullest that it can be. If something's got you trapped that you need repetitive motion besides breathing air, you've got a problem. And there's a lot of ways, there's a lot of people willing to help. You just need to reach out. You know, just give yourself a break. Yeah. I don't think people realize how much help is truly out there. Oh, I mean, go to the Addicts Anonymous website. Besides all the free literature and stuff, you can also go to the resources page where there's AA meeting finders, NA, mm -hmm. Gamblers Anonymous. I think, hell, I think I even have a link for Video Game Anonymous where they have actual meetings as well. So, like Online you said... Online and play games that they do not. <laughs> yeah, some people, they get addicted to that. Hell, it's a, it's a yeah. dopamine release. They get addicted to that. They they lose their jobs. They lose girlfriends. They lose boyfriends. You know, it's it destroys your life. Well, it all releases those endorphins, you know? Dopamine. dopamine. Yeah, make me feel good. That's what I'm saying. No matter all addicts are, is we're chasing the dopamine release. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It's just different yeah. mechanisms and different vehicles that get us to that, you know, dopamine, that actual release. So um, then we take it one level, we're, we're searching that good buzz, that escape. But at the core, you, you get away from that, you still find out there's that spiritual malady, that loneliness inside. That's why we seek that outside stuff beyond what the normal normies can do. You so know? what's your ultimate take on the safe supply? Um, I would have, be honest, uh, no, but I would have to um, preface that saying, I don't know what they define them as lost. 
you know, you have yeah. a chance. That that, that would be say, a big thing. What, what's the criteria? Criteria for, for it, yeah. What, what's the threshold? You know, what would make you not a good thing for recovery? And then the other thing is basically, we're going to keep you medicated till we don't have to deal with you anymore. You die on your own. That's a, I mean, come on. Just like day one of 12 step. Jails, institutions, and death. That's all that comes from using. Yep. So, so, you know, we're all going to die. Don't have to go to jail. and Hopefully, I don't wind up in any institutions. And that means I get to have a pretty good life. I got an opportunity as long as I stay clean. As long as I get into recovery. Because it's not just about staying clean. It's about finding some type of recovery that works for you. Where you can deal with the with the demons inside pockets of darkness i call them. and there's so, so many programs i mean i just i just rattled off a whole bunch yeah and yeah obviously smart there's recovery. anonymous also yeah smart recovery uh celebrate recovery, recovery what we were talking about earlier i couldn't think of so you know so if you know however you want to find it just find something just find something for you yeah you'll find something that works well, that's pretty much, I think we talked there. Yeah, I think that might anything be good. Else? So I'm trying to think of, uh, real quick, give me a second, if there's anything else to be said about harm reduction. So in the end, in conclusion, what, what's your conclusion, concluding statement on this subject? Harm reduction is a necessary evil, as far as I'm concerned. I don't uh, Fair enough. Laid out. I think it's also, I don't want to call it an evil, but it's a necessary. Well, when something. I say evil, too many people go to that, that's their fallback instead of doing the real work. Yeah. And, you know, that that's the fallback. I mean well, that's why I said before. I think I think it should be different. I think that these people who want methadone, they need to go to a place where the methadone clinic where they have to try for a week. A program without the methadone and just to see if it works because you say to the people no matter what the worst case you're going to get it but try living without it just do and don't just say okay go have fun put them on a program put them on like i said addicts anonymous has a program aa has a program na has a program everybody has a program you can work program and try and do it without the aid of methadone or whatever else, suboxone, whatever else they give you yeah. for all the different stuff. Um, that's what I say, you know, just give it a try to go sober at it, 100%. And then the worst case, you take the meds. Well, it's just, um, you know, you start climbing the walls, you aren't going to last for a week. You know, that's that's clients I've had that, you know, it's just... Uh, I come out of detox and then they got me on this and I want to stay on this because I don't want to feel the hurt and pain. Well, then they got to go on the meds. You put them on there sooner than later. Yeah, but the, again, the follow-up is not enough treatment emphasis. Yeah. I know. they need to. They, I think these people, that's another thing. I, I think it should be a prerequisite of you getting methadone is you have to be in a program. Like, end of well, story. You, you're yeah, not in a program... I, I, it's a lot. That's a lot of money, and where's that coming from? And it all comes back to money. Well, they don't have. You could find a program for free. 
You're not gonna everybody. Find everybody can find an AA meeting for free for the most. Actually, not like I said before. Not everybody. I've met people who literally yeah. don't have access to it based on their geographic location. But other than that, it's pretty easy to find a meeting. You find a meeting, but how are you going to get your methadone? Well, like I said, it depends if you need it at first. You should. I think, like I said, at first you should try to go without it. Go for a program. Well, I, I, I don't. I don't think that'll work because I don't. They're gonna. It may not, but for some people, it may. There are people that are going to be able to do that. Well, those those people get off of it and detox and do their vomiting and shakes and sweats and crapping on themselves. They do yeah. all of that, and they don't even want that. They they go through all that pain. Most people don't. They here, give me this, and I don't have to feel it. Okay. Well, you got to keep getting this, or you're going to feel the effects. And but you have to go to these meetings. Well, you know, it's just like somebody going court order to DUI. They go in, sit down, get it signed if they don't forge it themselves, and they're out the door. They don't really get any treatment. The only way you're ever going to get somebody getting on methadone is if they were a 90 day or well, 90 days isn't even enough. A year. To me, it'd be a year you'd be inpatient. That that's minimum. It takes that long to for the head to clear off of the stuff and just to get all the anger issues out. And, but then that takes money and, and it ain't going to happen. So everything yeah. costs money. Yeah. Yeah, it does. But that's. I would, I would love to be able to have a facility where I'm a rehab center and a sober house all in one mm -hmm. and a detox unit. So you come there, you detox, you go into residential, and then there's a sober house. Well, yeah, that would be ideal, but, you know, there again. And obviously it would be the best one out there because we're going to run it the Addicts Anonymous way. We're going to have chill and chat sessions like we did tonight every fucking day. Then we're going to well, do... I, I, I think you have to have an environment, first off, that, they, you know, they can leave it anytime they want. So most addicts and i'll say most that i've been associated with are just looking to get cleaned up and feel better and move on. you know never looking to really stop just kind of maintain a maintenance program you know so it's kind of the whole thing's a fallacy until you find out that you want to that you're going to learn to care about yourself it's just going to be short change you might get somebody clean six months three months you know a year until they get that internal change it's always going to be a cycle back now the good side of that is as long as they're clean and in some kind of protective environment there's an opportunity for the script to flip and that's all you're just giving them time to live long enough that because out on their own you know they're just looking to kill themselves if you're using actively using you're just looking to die you're just doing it on installment. and that's a good saying is that people don't recover yeah Yep, just sit there. Our loved ones have to suffer the pain and misery. Exactly. So. Okay. Well, I think we solved the problems of the world. So. Yes, I think we. I think we solved it. So the uh, the world can now be a different place starting tomorrow. Yeah, and I, I think, just yeah. want to thank you for coming on the podcast today, Vince. Thank you, and best to everybody out there. All right, Vince, hang tight for me. For everybody watching and listening, if you like what you saw and heard. 
Go below, give us a like. Also subscribe to see when we upload new videos. You can also check us out on all social media platforms such as Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, Tumblr, TikTok, Facebook, you name it, we're on it. You can also check us out at www.addicts-anonymous.com. There you'll find plenty of free resources as well as literature. That's all I have for today. I hope you enjoyed. And until next time.